Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed, and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. We're reading the first half of James chapter 3. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder whenever the, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praising and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Thank you, Ryan. Well, good evening, everyone. Good. It's always funny when you say good evening, everyone, and no one says anything back. That's okay. <laughs> um, evening. Hello. Um, so my name's Luke. I'm part of the team here, and welcome. Um, if you're new or if it's your first time, a very warm welcome to you, and I trust that um, our service tonight is is a blessing and something that's, that's helpful and gives you much to think about. Um, We've been doing a a series on wisdom um, out of the book of James, which was written by one of uh, the early church leaders. And it's sort of, uh, it's a book in the New Testament and it's kind of considered to be a a wisdom book. So something you can turn to if you need uh, practical wisdom for living the Christian life. It's particularly the audience of the book is, is Christians. So everything in it is sort of, it's directed at Christians. So sometimes it can feel a little harsh uh, when, you're, when you're reading it or when you're hearing it for the first time. Um, but it's important that we know the context of that. So tonight's message is about the words that we say, um, particularly about taming the tongue. When I was about six years old, I learned my first swear word. And I'm not allowed to say it here tonight. I checked with Nick and he said no. Um, <laughs> And I, don't, I probably didn't know what it meant. Well, I know I, know I didn't know what it meant. But I, I sort of picked it up probably at school or soccer or something like that. And what I sort of learned with this word was that I didn't, while I didn't know what it meant, is when I said it, 
I would get a reaction. So when I said it at school, everyone laughed and thought it was hilarious because when you're in grade one, like, you know, I swear it's very funny. When I tried it out at home, got in a little bit of trouble, but still kind of got away with it, I thought. So I thought, well, I've done it at home. I've done it at school. I'm going to test out my new word in the final frontier. So I thought I'll take it with me to Sunday school. And so at church on a Sunday morning, and bear in mind, we went to a fairly traditional sort of brethren church at the time, and uh, my dad was one of the elders. So um, anyway, so during Sunday school, I tested out my new word um, to, at the, the Sunday school teacher, uh, and it did not end well. <laughs> Apparently, it's not a nice thing to call people. So she, she, I remember she grabbed me, she marched me back into church, sort of the walk of shame down the aisle, and sat me down next to mum and dad and said something like, I need to talk to you afterwards. And I was like, oh, no. Um, anyway, so I ended up at home getting my mouth washed out with soap. And we had to take a visit during the week to the Sunday school teacher's house where I had to apologise. So it was, um, I think my parents were very embarrassed, but it was, yeah, I learnt you don't say that word. And if you're anything like my six-year-old self or probably my current self for that matter, you might find that sometimes you say things that you don't mean, that you don't understand, and maybe sometimes you put your foot in it with the things that you say. And sometimes that's accidental, but I think there's other times where we do know better and we do use our words and we speak in a way intentionally to hurt others or to offend people or to belittle people or to demean people. We don't watch our words perhaps all the time in the way that we should. We tend to be quick to speak and slow to listen. In the first chapter of James, he gives the advice that you should be quick to listen and slow to speak, to listen carefully before you open your mouth. And here again, in the third chapter of James, he's speaking about the issue of watching what you say. It seems to be an important theme that he wants people to sort of get their head around. So in short, watch what you say because it matters. And James really he kind of really turns the screws on this. He gives some pretty big sort of almost scary analogies and he says some things that should kind of make us really stop and consider the way we use our words. He says that not many people should become teachers because teachers, and he's talking about people who teach the Bible, the Word of God, he said they're going to be judged more harshly, more strictly. And uh, anyone who preaches, when you hear that, it should make you nervous. It makes me nervous. He says in uh, verse 6 that the tongue is a fire. He said it's a world of evil. It corrupts people. He says it sets someone's life on fire. So he warns you, your words could be your undoing. And he also says in verse 9 and 10 that with the same mouth we praise God and curse human beings who are made in God's likeness. So he's saying that with our words we are hypocrites. So what do we do about that? Because I think we all know if we stop and think and are honest with ourselves that we do not always say the best things to other people. We don't always speak the truth. We don't always watch what we say and we do often put our foot in it. So I want to present sort of three 
kind of ideas that are drawing out of this passage that might be helpful. The first one is that words matter. So it does matter what we say. The second thing is that words can harm or heal. And the third thing is that there's a living word, one that always helps. So let me pray and then let's dig into this for tonight. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you that even though it was written 2,000 years ago, it's still useful for teaching us. In fact, it gives us everything that we need to live a fruitful, flourishing life. So Lord, I just pray tonight, wherever we're at, that we would hear your words, that the things I say would be cast aside, and that you would speak to us in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. So he starts the chapter, and he says, Not many of you should become teachers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Even though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So like the bit in the horse of a mouth or the rudder on a ship, the tongue, our words, can do a lot. Our words matter. But I think it's not just about the words, it's about the intent behind the words. They matter, they matter so much that James, in the Bible, warns us that you shouldn't aim to be a teacher necessarily because you're going to be held accountable for everything you say. And our words can and do change the direction of both our lives but also the lives of people around us. So take, for example, a job interview. If you answer sort of questions well and you, uh, you kind of pick up on what they're looking for and you kind of give them what, what they're looking for, you could find yourself with a new job or a promotion or an opportunity to move to a new city. You get the answer wrong and you miss out. Or take, for example, when you have a bit of a crush on someone maybe and the, the right words said in the right way at the right time can go a long way. But the wrong words or even the right words in the wrong place can really make you out to be a bit of a creep. <laughs> or, for example, when in the heat of a moment you really let loose at someone, you really finally, I've had enough, and I'm going to tell you what I really think. And you kind of run your mouth and you say something scathing that you can't take back and you reflect on it afterwards and realise, well, maybe that wasn't quite worth the damage that it's done to this friendship or this family relationship. Our words matter. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said this to the Pharisees who were the teachers of his day. He said, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. And why our words really matter is because they reveal what's actually going on in our hearts. And I wonder why this is so important for James when he's talking about, you know, if people are going to be 
teaching or leading in a faith community in a church that it's really important that their heart is in the right place so that the heart the, the, the words that they share with that community are good and lift them up and point them to Christ because if someone who is teaching or has authority has a heart that's not in the right place that can do a lot of damage and has done a lot of damage when we look at the history of the church the words that you say will reveal what's in your heart so maybe this week something you could do is pay attention to the kinds of things that you're saying the kinds of things that you're talking about a lot and you might find what's going on inside and it might be something you might go oh yeah no like I am I'm a really positive on track loving people kind of person or you might find hey I'm saying a lot of negative stuff I'm focusing on maybe things that aren't all that important or I'm really bitter because what's going on inside will come out he goes on in in, uh, verse 5 he says Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. So James uses the analogy of a forest fire to talk about what the tongue is capable of. And a forest fire can do you know, a lot of damage. And I'm sure a number of you remember just from a few years ago, Black Summer, where the Adelaide Hills and enormous parts of New South Wales experienced catastrophic bushfires. Some of you might remember back to 2009 when the Black Saturday fires in Victoria swept through and destroyed hectares, thousands of hectares of forest, farmland and townships. Nearly 200 people lost their lives in those fires. Fires can do a lot of damage. And those fires on Black Saturday were just started by a small spark on a faulty power line. And no one would disagree that they did a lot of harm. So a small spark can trigger something that blows way out of proportion. And the analogy there is startling. To think that our words could do that kind of damage is kind of a bit of a sobering thought. That a a word spoken out of turn, something that was maybe you thought wasn't going to do too much hurt to someone actually can do a lot of damage to their life. James also calls the tongue a restless evil and a deadly poison. And we know that words hurt. And I suspect that many, if not all of you in this room tonight, have been hurt by other people's words. Depending on how you process or think or who influences your life, There might be words that have been spoken to you that have done lasting damage. Things that maybe you were told as a young kid or in your teenage years that still linger in your mind today. And that's why he's saying it's like a poison. It gets inside and it turns something that should be good into something bitter. Fire can, though, in the right hands, restore and it can heal. Indigenous Australians have been using fire stick farming for thousands of years and what that does is it burns away uh, sort of the bad and the the things they don't want in the land to allow the land to regrow and replenish. And fire, you know, in the past has been used quite effectively to cauterise wounds and stop infection and to allow things to heal. 
So words can hurt, but they can also heal. It just depends whose words you're listening to. And personally in my life, I've experienced a lot of healing and restoration through the words of Jesus in the Bible, but also through the encouragement of other people, particularly in church. Because when I feel alone, I'm reminded in the Bible that Jesus will never leave me. And when I feel anxious, I remember that Jesus says that he has overcome the world and he promises us peace. And when I'm concerned about the lack of justice in the world, I remember that Jesus is coming to judge the world with righteousness and to bring justice to things that are not just. And if you're here and you've been told that you have no worth, the God of the universe says that you have value. And if you've been told that you aren't good enough or you feel like I'm not good enough, life is overwhelming and I don't have what it takes, Jesus says you don't have to. Lean on me. And when we hear those kind of words, it can bring healing and restoration. Jesus' word heals us. It restores us. It undoes and fixes the harm that other people's words have had. And lastly, I'm going to talk about this idea of the living word. James kind of finishes off this section and he asks the question, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? And it kind of speaks to the, I guess, the double-mindedness that we all have, where there are times where we speak uh, really positively and really well of other people and it brings kind of life, it lifts people up, it helps them feel better. But there's other times where we're a little bit, we're a little bit salty and we are, uh, We kind of tear people down and we do damage. When fresh water spills out over a land, it brings growth and healing and restoration and crops grow and livestock flourishes and all those sorts of things. But when salt water gets into places that it shouldn't, it does a lot of damage to a land. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be double-minded. I don't want to be someone who harms with my words, setting off bushfires or damaging things with salt water. Especially in church, as a pastor, I don't want to be someone whose words hurt. Yet as much as any of us try, we do harm. We say the wrong thing. We don't get it right. And what James wrote 2,000 words ago is still true, that we curse people who are made in the image of God and praise God with the same tongue. So what is the answer? How do we stop this? How do you stop salt water coming out? Well, you stop it at the source. And what we know is that what's coming out of us reveals what's inside of us. So if salt water is coming out of us, then we need to do something about the source of that. And I believe the Bible gives us the answer. I believe that Jesus gives us the answer. In John chapter 4, there's this story, and I'm not going to kind of explain the whole story, but please go and have a look at it afterwards, where Jesus speaks to this Samaritan woman at the well. And um, she asks him if he, if he wants a drink, and he says to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. 
Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So what does this mean? Well, I think if we want our lives, if we want our words, if we want the things that we say to bring healing to people, to be positive, to be fresh, then we need a return to the source of living water. We need a return to Jesus, whose words are always fresh, whose words are always healing, whose words are always restoring if you don't want to be harming people with your words then return to the person who always heals with his words and that's Jesus and so tonight if you're here and you're someone that has been hurt deeply by people's words I'm someone who like you know how there's like the love languages like I'm a words person, which means, you know, I really like it when people compliment me. Um, but it's more than that. Like I, it means a lot, the words people say. So there's things that I can still remember that my parents said or teachers said from when I was like a little kid. Um, po- some positive things, but also negative things that you sort of, you remember and it kind of just sticks in your mind and you can't shake it. And you sort of start to believe those things sometimes and they can shape who you are and who you think you are. And if you're anything like me in that regard and you remember those things that people have said to you that have hurt and that still hurt, then I want to tell you tonight, Jesus can heal that. He can restore that. He can change how you see yourself and how you see the world. He can fix things that people have broken with the way they've spoken to you. And if you're someone here tonight who is a Christian and you're thinking, oh, I really want to, you know, speak more words that are, that are helpful, that are positive, then return to Christ and ask him to help you. Because it's really hard to do it ourselves because it's really hard to be positive about everyone all the time. <laughs> it really is. We need Jesus for that. So hopefully that's a short message tonight, but hopefully that's, that's helpful in just thinking about the way we use our words, thinking about what Jesus might have to say about it as well. So let's pray. Father God, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you know where we're at. You know the hurts we might have that have been done by the things that people have said or even the things that people haven't said that they should have. Lord, I pray tonight that you would bring healing and restoration to people that might be hurting because of the things people have said to them. Lord, I pray tonight that people would know your presence. They would know that you're close. They would know that you love them and that you are for them. You're not against them. 
And Lord, thank you that you have the final word. And your final word on the cross was, it is finished. And your final word in the Bible is, I am coming soon. That you are coming back and you are going to make things right and you are going to restore the things that are broken, including the things that we've broken by what we've said. So Lord, help us to be people that heal with the words we say and not harm. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people, and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.